Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go in our Bibles to 2 Corinthians uh, to start with. Let me try that again. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Get excited about the Word and I will too. No, I'm going to be excited about whether you're or not. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And uh, I want to read a verse there. And there's some things we're going to talk about this morning I think will be a big help to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. The Bible says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. Well, we certainly don't want him to have an advantage of us. Are you, are you listening now? I mean, you know, there's enough warfare without him having an advantage. I mean, just in the natural. I mean, just normal warfare. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. Now, notice the word devices, is, it's, it's plural, more than one. So he has more than one device. And I'm just going to talk about one of his devices this morning, and then I'm going to take some time to pray for you. And so let's don't get in too big a hurry today, all right? Um, d- devices, you know. Uh, what I want to talk about this morning is dealing with harassing thoughts. Am I the only one that has those, or, or am I just weird or something? I mean, anybody else have harassing thoughts? You know, um, uh, you know. I, my, my, a friend of mine was preaching, and we were together, and he we were preaching to preachers, and he he said that there's like 1,500 uh, preachers a month that leave the ministry. 1,500. I'm thinking we can't keep this up for long, or you know, I mean, because you know, and maybe they're being replaced, but what are they being replaced with? You know, maybe people aren't even really called, you know, just kind of got a church dumped on them, you know, something. And so, you know, he's talking about that. And, 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 and I think a lot of it has to do with harassing thoughts from the enemy. Amen. A lot of it has to do with that. Uh, and so I was talking to some other preachers. We were, to, we were talking. And we just began, you know, and I think sometimes people need to hear you know, so, so, I mean, we don't want to just glorify the devil, right? But at the same time, sometimes we do have to talk about some things so people understand there's an issue here you have to deal with. Does that make sense to you? And so, you know, I began to talk to this, you know, these ministers and, uh, and talk about, are you under mental attack? Are you under mental attack? And one of them said, the worst I've had. And, I'm, and listen, let me, let me say this. I'm talking about seasoned ministers. I'm not talking about rookie ministers, novice ministers, fly-by-night ministers. I'm talking about seasoned ministers, been in the ministry for many, many years, have uh, seasoned ministries, reputable ministries, solid ministries. I mean, it's not like their ministries are falling apart. They're in, they're, their ministries are in good shape. And so that's who I'm talking to, just so you'll know this. This is not an anomaly. And, you know, so I'm talking to them and I'm saying, Are you, have you been under mental attack or mental warfare this year? And they begin to speak up and, you know, and talk about, yeah, uh, man, w- one of them said this. And I so appreciate his honesty. He said, he said, you know, he said, the worst I've ever had. And he said, I even have had thoughts about going back to my former career. 
And you know, the other one's like, yeah, you know, I went, he went to college for a certain thing, and I thought about that too. And so what helped was when I said, most ministers that you talk to that are honest are saying the same thing. Amen. Now, Phyllis always thought this was kind of morbid because I was always happy when I found out somebody was going through the same things I went through. She <laughs> thought, that was morbid. Well, let, let me tell you, let me tell you why. I don't think it's as morbid as she th- says it's morbid. Here's the reason why. Because here's, here's, what, here's what I think happened to those ministers when I began talking to them, when they began talking to me, is we suddenly realized that this is not reality. This isn't reality. The thoughts that we're, that we're hearing, the thoughts that are coming into our mind, it's not reality. It's from the devil, and he doesn't have any reality. And so if he tells you something, it's a lie. And so when you do learn that and you realize, hey, this just isn't me. This is, this is happening to my brethren, as Peter said, that are out there in the world. They're experiencing the same kind of attacks and the same kind of uh, sufferings. And, and there's an attack against people's minds. And people need to know these. They're harassing thoughts. They're not reality. Once you learn they're not reality, then you can reject them. Amen. You know, because the devil will tell you, you're a failure. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But, you know, he's got all kinds of things to pull on you. Amen. All kinds of thoughts. And, and, um, you know, you you have to understand that, uh, you know, Jesus said about the devil... He said, when he speaks, he speaks a lie, for he's a liar and the father of it. Now, that dawned on me one day when I'm reading that scripture. It says he speaks. Well, how does he speak? I've never had the devil appear to me. I don't want him to. I've never had him appear to me. I've never had him speak to me audibly that I know of, but I have heard suggestions. I have heard thoughts. That's the devil speaking to you, friend. Amen. And so he, he's, you, you've got to learn not to believe everything you think. It's not reality. See, why do people take their lives? Because the devil gets a hold of their mind and he begins putting thoughts in there. And, you know, you're better off. The world's better off without you. Well, that's just a lie. You're, you're just better off to die. Well, that's just a lie, especially if you don't know Jesus Christ. You got to know this, friend. This is just the truth, you know. If you're not saved, the, the most heaven you're ever going to experience, you're experiencing it right now. It just gets worse from here. But if you're born again, the most hell you're ever going to experience, it's right now. It just keeps getting better. Hallelujah. If it keeps getting better and better. Okay, that's a song. Maybe you didn't realize what that was. But that's a song, an old song. Well, it will just keep getting better and better. It's not if it will. It will keep getting better and better. Amen. A friend of mine told me this, and I asked his permission if I could use this. But a friend of, the, a friend of mine told me this. He said, you know, his dad passed on, and he didn't know whether he was saved or not. <clears throat> you know, as far as he knew, he'd never made a commitment to Jesus Christ. 
And so he said, it really began to torment me. And you know, it's the devil. The devil will do that. I said, the devil, well, none of us are immune to this. Don't ever think you get so spiritual that the devil said, well, you know what? I'm just going to bypass them. He didn't bypass Paul. So I haven't attained to Paul's level yet. I don't know if anybody else here has, but I haven't. So, you know, I know he's, you know, he's still going to harass me. You know, I'm not expecting it. I'm not believing it, but I just know it's going to happen. And so, and I'm not going to give him glory and praise. I'm not going to give the devil even the benefit of the doubt. I like what Pastor Chuck said. You always see Pastor Mark come to church with a smile. Well, I, you know, I not always feel like smiling, but I'm going to smile because I'm in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I'm not going to give the devil the benefit or the pleasure of thinking he's getting to me. Sorry, you're not going to get that. Amen. I'm not going to give him that satisfaction like, oh, I'm getting to him. No, I'm, I'm just working on not doing that. Amen. And so anyway... You know, the devil tormenting him with these thoughts, and he goes to his pastor. His pastor, thank God for a good spiritual pastor. That's why you need a good pastor. He went to his pastor, and his pastor said, why are you tormenting yourself like this? You're just tormenting yourself. You don't know where he's at. You don't know. You don't know what he did on his final, with his final breath. You don't know what he did in the final minutes. You don't know what he did in the final hours. All he would have had to done is say, Jesus, come on. The thief on the cross said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, I'll see you later today. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So you don't know where he's at or where they're at. That's just the devil tormenting you with harassing thoughts. And that set him free when he got a hold of that. And I thought that's such a powerful testimony. I love what his pastor said. You're tormenting yourself. You don't know what happened. You don't know. Sometimes we just have to have a, you know, someone to speak into our life. Because, we, you know, we can't, you know, sometimes you get so bombarded that you're not thinking straight. And somebody can speak into your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. Amen. So we have to learn, you know, we deal with uh, harassing thoughts. The devil's the God of this world. Right? What the Bible said? Uh, what is that? And the Bible says, here's what that scripture actually says. It says, you know, lest the God of this world uh, blind the minds of those that don't believe. That's 2 Corinthians 4 4. He's the God of this world. What's that telling you? Well, he's after the mind, see? He blinds the minds. The Bible calls him the prince of the power of the air, right? Ephesians tells us we wrestle against principalities and powers and so forth. Well, where do we wrestle with them? You know, we don't wrestle with them physically, but in the mental realm. Right. See, in the spiritual realm, in the mental realm, they attack. They 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 give you harassing thoughts, and you know you're not going to make it, and you know nobody likes you, and you know things like that. You know how many are following what I'm saying this morning? See, just things like that. And, and those things come to you, and, 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 if, and I think it's just good to know that you're not alone and that it's really not reality, it's really not true. Amen? You know, see, sometimes, you know, the devil, he'll, he'll, he'll bring different thoughts to different people because he studies you. Isn't that good to know? 
But the Bible calls it the wiles or the tricks of the devil. Well, he knows what works for you, see. See, certain things might not work on me that might work on you. I've, I've used the food analogy because, it, you know, it resonates with me. Certain foods don't tempt me. Certain foods do. Amen. Some dear people got me some peanut brittle the other day. And their initials are Mark and Jackie. Anyway. So, Mark texts me the next day and says, well, how was the peanut brittle, Pastor? I said, well, it's all gone if that tells you anything. <laughs> it didn't even make it 24 hours. Amen. That is why I don't need peanut brittle. <laughs> because I don't have any quitting sense. It's just like, this has got to go. I got to get, this is too tempting. I got to get rid of it. The Bible says flee temptation. I just eat temptation. <laughs> just eat it. Get rid of it, and we're done with it, and then we can start tomorrow trying to do better. Amen. And so anyway, you know, it didn't make it 24 hours for eight to hold. And thank God it wasn't a big box, and I do mean thank you, Jesus. It wasn't a big box. But, but it was more than you should consume in less than 24 hours. But anyway, I don't know why I'm telling you this. You don't need to know that. But anyway, the devil, see, the Bible talks about this in Mark chapter 5. It's, remember the madman of Gadara? How many remember him? He was a mess. Now, I've prayed for people who had problems, but I haven't had to pray for anybody with as many problems as this guy. I mean, he had like a legion of demons messing with his life. Amen. And the Bible said he wore no clothes. And I thought, well, you know, that spirit's loose in the world today. Um, you know, he cut himself. That spirit's loose. So what does that tell you, people that cut themselves? What's that tell you? That's, that's the devil. That's demons. See? Um, you know, and he attacked people. They bound him with chains and fetters, and he would, by supernatural power, break the fetters and chains. I mean, you just don't want to meet this guy on the way to Kroger. I mean, he's not your typical citizen. But Jesus gets him set free. Amen. And the Bible says they came and saw him, and he was in his right mind. Everybody say right mind. Right mind. That means at one point he wasn't in his right mind. See, it, the devil, to get your life, has to get your mind. See, if he's going to control your life and what you're doing, he has to get to your mind. Just like for a minister, if he's going to get me or, or any minister out of the plan of God for our lives and for our ministries, he's got to come to, through the mind to do it. He's got to talk us in to obeying him through pressure and try to make that be the reality. You know, nobody loves you. Nobody cares. You know, crowds are down. You know, all that stuff. And none of that is God. God never speaks to you and says, hey, boy, the crowd's down. God never talks to you. Nobody loves you. You're not helping anybody. How many recognize that's not God? He's not going to talk to you that way. Man, the Holy Ghost is an encourager. One of the meanings of the word comforter is to speak cheerfully to. Well, comfort, think about comfort. Comfort, if it comforts you. You know, like comfort food, Cracker Barrel. I always feel good when I go in there. I don't always feel good when I come out of there. 
Well, I feel good in there and going in there. Man, we're going to have some comfort food today like mama used to cook. Amen. So, you see, the Holy Spirit, he's, a, he's not a discourager. He's not a beater-upper. He's a comforter. Amen. Boy, that's nice. You know, on cold nights, you know, we don't have that experience like we used to. But when I was a kid, you'd stay at grandma's, you know. They only had heat and, and by stove, you know, a, a, kind of like a pot belly stove, you know, out in, the, out in the living room when there was one in the dining room, you know. And you put coal in there or you could put wood in there and that thing would burn and give you heat. But when you got in the bedrooms, the heat didn't, it wasn't blown forced air heat. It just, whatever got in there, got in there, you know. And so the nighttime, seriously, you could have a, you could have a pan of water and it gets skim ice on the top of it. Seriously. Seriously. We lived in those conditions. I walked to school in snow up to my knees. Okay, I was six. All right. I know what it's like. So, but you know what? Uh, grandma put them comforters on you. That's right. Man, that was comforting because that heat would stay in there. Your body heat would get trapped in there. And man, whoo, you had a comforter. Well, the Holy Ghost is our comforter. Yeah. Hallelujah. He comes on us to help us, not hurt us. So those, you know, those discouraging things, those are from the devil. And see, if he, if he can't get you until he gets your mind. Now, if he can get you to start thinking his thoughts, listen now, if he can get you to start thinking his thoughts after him, those harassing thoughts, start acting on them. Listen now, when you start acting on them, that's when you're in trouble. That's, right. that's when you've taken the thought. You know, the King James uses the word take, uses the phrase take no thought. Don't take it. Reject it. I'm not going to listen to that. That's not, that's not encouraging. The Bible tells us that we're, speak, we're to think on good things. And so, you know, Brother Higgins, you know, one time years ago, he told this story how he had this vision. And I don't just believe anybody says they have a vision. There's a lot of, lot of goofiness. But I believe Brother Hagin, he had a proven ministry for over 70 years, for about 70 years. And he said, you know, in this, the Lord said, I'm going to show you how demons get a hold of people, even Christians, if they'll let them. And he said, I saw in this vision, he said, I saw a lady. He said, I knew the lady. She was a minister's uh, wife and said she was a singer. And she was a very good singer. And she was very beautiful. And he said, he saw this like evil spirit come set on her shoulder and begin to whisper in her ear, you're, you're talented, you're beautiful. In the world, you could have made a lot of money. You know, in a church, sometimes there's sacrifice. Right? You know, and, uh, you know, at first she, she recognized that was the devil. She said, get behind me, and that spirit left. But he said it came back. The devil's persistent. You got to know that. And he, and he sat on her shoulder and said, you know, you're, you're beautiful. You know, you are very talented. In the world, you could make a lot of money. Brother Hagin said, and all of that was true. She was beautiful. She was talented. He said, she had what the world calls it. He said, when she walked in a room, you couldn't help but notice her because she stood out. And said, she began to believe that. And she began to accept that. And that spirit got a hold of her mind. 
And the next thing you know, she's backslid. She's out of church. She's, she's left her husband. She's out of the ministry. She's out in the world. Well, see, that, that spirit just kept saying that and kept saying that and kept saying that and kept saying that. And she didn't keep rebuking that. But you've got to keep rebuking. You've got to keep saying no. You know, and he'll flee. But if you just, if you listen to that, he'll get a hold of your life. God hold this life and destroyed this woman's life. She was talented. She was beautiful. God was using her in the ministry. But the devil destroyed her life because she accepted what he said. Amen. Go to, go to Revelation. Come on, are you getting anything today? Go to Revelation chapter 12. We have to deal with these harassing thoughts. They are a reality. They are something that we have to deal with. And people need to know that. Go to Revelation chapter 12. And I want to read a scripture. Well, maybe three verses there. Revelation chapter 12. <clears throat> thank God for the word. Everybody say thank God, thank God. for the word. word. Amen. Amen. You know, any kind of thought that brings you down or drags you down, you know, that's not from God. Right. Amen. You know, God, He's on your side. Right. Amen. He's for you. And even when you're messing up, He'll try to help you. Right? right? I mean, He's not going to beat you up. not going to help you. Not, not one time, all the time I was heavily involved in drugs and alcohol, not one time did the Holy Spirit ever come to me and say, you better leave that Paps Blue Ribbon alone. You're going to hell for drinking Paps. No, that wasn't my problem. My problem was I didn't know Jesus Christ. Amen. He, the Lord knew all that would straighten itself up if I had a real strong, heartfelt relationship with Jesus Christ. I wouldn't really want the Paps any longer. My desires changed. Amen. I, I would desire it, you know. Amen. I mean, I'm like, let's see, I'm over 40 years sober. Hallelujah. Over 40 years. Over 40 years, no drugs. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ. I like what Peter said. Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Hallelujah. That's what Peter said. Well, Jesus Christ made me well. Praise the Lord. I'm not against anything like AA and all that, but that didn't do it for me. Jesus Christ did it for me. Yes. Amen. Yes. I don't stand up, you know, every, every Monday just to start my week out. Uh, hi, I'm Mark. I'm an alcoholic, but, you know, no, no, I'm Mark. I'm a new creature. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm for everything. It helps everybody. But let me just say, God helps a lot better. Praise the Lord. How the, I didn't take but one. I, well, I don't know how many steps it was to the altar that night, but I took more than 12. But, you know, I was back there, you know, and the, and the minister said, you know, hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, raise your hand. This is like my hand, you know, had lead on it, you know, weights on it. But finally, through much effort, I got it up. And he said, come down here. I don't know how many steps I took, but whatever they were, they did it. Praise the Lord. You know, because why? I was stepping towards the right thing. Yes. Hallelujah. I was stepping towards the deliverer of all deliverers. And so, you know, people can tell me, you know, well, I, I, don't, I can't be free. Oh, yeah, you can. I know you can. I know you can. I just don't feel like I can. Quit going by that. That's the devil lying to you. If one can do it, somebody else can do it. Amen. 
Look at Revelation chapter 12. Look at this. The Bible says, verse 9, And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. Well, how many know if he deceives the whole world, how many know you could be deceived if you don't watch it? You know, sometimes people, well, I learned something pastor doesn't know and this new revelation and all that, and pastor's never preached it in 40 years. Maybe you better be careful. Maybe you're about to be deceived. Well, pastor just doesn't know about this and all that. Well, I don't know. Maybe I don't, but probably do. Sometimes people come up with new revelations. like, man, we knew that. We, we, we heard of that 30 years ago. It didn't work then. It doesn't work now because it's not based on the Bible. Amen. Now, he went on to say, verse 9, uh, that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto the death. These were committed people, see. Amen. But what I wanted you to see is the Bible talks about how the devil's the accuser of the brethren. He doesn't have anything good to say about you. Amen. He's a separator. You know that? He tries to separate you from the plan of God. He'll try to separate you from your pastor. He'll try to separate you from your church. He'll try to separate you from your spouse. Did you ever notice he doesn't try to separate you from your dentist? I mean, this, this never happens. You go in, you know, and the dentist is working on you, you know, and he's worked, God, you know how they talk to you when they got their, their hands in your mouth? And, you know, you know, and they're working on you. And he goes, wow. He said, I really like working on you. There's a lot of room in here. And so he gets done, you know, and you, you go out to your car and you start it up. And the devil says, did you hear what he said? He said, there's a lot of room in your mouth. Your dentist said, you, you've got a big mouth. I'd get me another dentist if I was you. How many know you never hear that? He doesn't care about who your dentist is because your dentist has no spiritual bearing in your life whatsoever. Right? I mean, Pastor Debbie told me, she said she went to the dentist and she said he was working on her mouth. And he said to her, he said, you've got a little mouth. She said, can I get that in writing? <laughs> See, nobody gets offended at their dentist, right? I mean, you know, I, I'm mad at my dentist. He said, I got a big mouth, you know. No, but because the devil doesn't work there. But, you know, oh, you know, pastor meant that for you. You know what I'm saying? Or pastor didn't shake your hand today or pastor didn't look at you. You know what I'm saying? Or pastor just walked right by you. Well, I don't know. You know, how many know people sometimes have things on their mind? Or maybe they're running to an emergency or, you know, I don't know. But the devil will use that, Right. He'll try to separate you from your... Because, you know, God calls you to a pastor. You know, he tried to separate you from that relationship, tried to separate you from your church. You know, well, they, they said something bad about me and all that. Well, let me... See, like people say, have you ever heard people say... I've had people say this to me. I, I don't go to church because there's a lot of hypocrites there. I thought, well, go to hell. There's a whole lot more down there. That's where they go. 
Right? I mean, I still go to... I can't... Well, I don't know why I can't think of that store. Can't say that store's name. Uh, Snooks. Not Shucks. Snooks. There's people in Snooks I probably don't like. Probably every time I go in there. I'm not going there for them. I'm going there for the food. I'm not going to church for people. I'm going for the food. If I'm getting fed, I don't care how honorary they all are. I've got tough skin. I may tell people, you know, my church, the honoriest church I've ever been to in my life, but man, the eating's good. Amen. I just, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just not, I'm, I'm like ambience. Some of my friends like ambience. They like to go to restaurants and have nice ambience. I don't care, man, if it's a whole in a while. I want a good steak. You ever go to that one? Maybe I shouldn't name it since we're, I don't know. They probably don't care. Obviously, they don't the way they keep their building. Uh, but there's a steak place here in town. Man, I'm telling you what, it looks like it needs to bulldoze down. That's all there. I think they fixed it now, but their sign was like broken down and hanging down. They had a Santa Claus on top of the roof. It's been there for years. All right, you all know, and I didn't name anybody. (laughs) Have you ever been there? I went in there one night, you know, get a steak, you know. (laughs) And they they don't have the price on it. So it's like, you know, potluck. So I don't ask what the price is, you know. It's just like... I, but, I, but it doesn't have the size. I do want to know the size. So I asked the guy, I said, look, you know, how, what size is this T-bone steak? I mean, are we talking like 6 ounce or 8 ounce or 12 ounce or 44 ounce? What are you talking about? He said, well, it just depends. He, <laughs> said, he said, sometimes it's between 2 and a half and 3 pounds. I said, bring it on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Ain't no fries sharing or baked potato going with this steak. It, there's no room, man. It's the whole plate. Now, when you, you know, when you look at that, when you look at that building, I'm telling you, it's, it's a sight. It's a sight. And, uh, but their food's good. Their food's good. So I don't care. I said, I don't care. I don't care what the building looks like. That's well, nice if you can have both, but I don't care. I'm the same way about church. I don't care what the building looks like. I don't, I don't care if they're meeting, you know, in, you know, in a, a garage. I want some food. Amen? So, so we have to understand the devil is, he's the accuser of the brethren. He's always, look, he badmouths you. And he will try to badmouth me or anybody else to you if he can get away with it. But you've got to be spiritual and not accept that. You can say, no, I don't believe any report about my brother or my sister that's negative. I'm not accepting that. Well, you know, they didn't speak to you this week. You know, they always speak to you every Sunday. This Sunday they didn't speak to you. Well, maybe you didn't need spoken to. You ever been to a service and like everybody there gets a prophecy but you? Like, God's not talking to me? How many know you probably didn't need it? You ought to shout and say, hey, the rest of these people, they need help. I'm good. God had to fix all these people. I'm already fixed. 
You got to look at things on the right side. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Help me, somebody. You can't just look at it on the negative side. That's the way the devil is. You know, he's the accuser of the brethren. And he'll just accuse you. Now, let, let's go to another scripture. Let's go to 2 Timothy. Did you get anything out of this? Yes. 2 Timothy. Go there. We may have to finish up next Sunday morning. 2 Timothy chapter uh, 1. But these harassing thoughts... You have to realize Satan gives you thoughts that are not reality. They're not really what's going on. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us, say that's me, that's me. Uh, the spirit of fear, but power, come on, Love and a, a, a messed up, goofy, flaky mind. No, he gave you a sound mind. Right? If you're born again, you have a sound mind. Right? I'm not saying everybody around you does, but you do. Right? I mean, maybe your whole family, you know, your whole family tree, is, it's, just a, it's just a tree of nuts. All you got is nut trees. You, you ain't got any other kind of trees in your family. But you're different if you've been born again. Right? You've been given a sound mind. God's given it to you. He's given us the ability to have a sound mind. See? Uh, now, this word sound mind means disciplined. Let me have some discipline about you, man. Don't just think every thought comes in your mind. Don't You can't. Now, it's like Brother Hagin used to say, you can't keep thoughts from coming to you. Just like you can't help it if a bird flies over your head. You can't stop that. But you can stop it from landing and building a nest on top of your head. What does that mean? You, you can't stop wrong thoughts from coming, even vile thoughts sometimes. You can't stop them from coming, but you can stop them from having a place in you. You can say, no, I'm not acting on that. That's not my thought. I refuse to yield to that. Right? So we have to know that. So, so you know, see, people's minds are getting so squirrely today. Now, I may say some things that are offensive, but the only reason they're offensive is because of reprobate minds that we have in our country. Because some of the things I may say, they weren't offensive 10, 20, 30 years ago. Right? But, but the Bible talks about people getting reprobate minds because they don't glorify God. That's Romans chapter 1. And some of the things that are being done today, listen, Christians, we got to stand against this. We can't just like, well, you know, if we're going to be liked, we got to accept that. Well, let's just not be liked by people. Let's be liked by God. I don't know about you, but I want, when Jesus comes back, I want him to find faith in the earth. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so, you know, I, I mean, just right now, there, there's, a, there's a debate. It's not, there's no debate to it. You're reprobate. People say, well, men can have babies. I've never seen a rooster lay eggs yet. <laughs> He's not going. Now, see how quiet it is because, see, we get this culture stuff. We better kick that stuff out. Because this is offensive to God. God's smart enough to know it doesn't work that way. I've never seen a man get pregnant. I mean, even your phone now, you can get a pregnant male emoji. 
Somebody's got some reprobate thinking going on because that don't happen. I said, that doesn't happen. God made them male and female. And he decided, thank God, that the female is going to have the babies. It was a brilliant idea. (laughs) Hallelujah. You men should ever praise him for that. If you can't think of anything in church to praise God about, say, thank God I'm never going to have a baby. Hallelujah. That ought to get you to run, shout, jump, or do something. I've heard guys say, you know, when their wife was going through a particularly tough time of labor, she said to him, I'm going to kill you when this is over with. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I think I'll say this a little different than he said it, but John Hagee said something one time. I'm going to kind of clean it up a little bit. He didn't say it dirty, don't misunderstand, but I'm going to change it a little bit. You know, the difference between an angry woman, you know what the difference is between an angry woman and a Doberman? Lipstick. That was Brother Hagee. He said that. Anyway, they said something a little different, but it was close to that. Anyway, you understand, the church, I don't even know if I want to say church, because I don't know if they're the church any longer. Jesus talked about removing the candlestick. Some churches taking your candlestick. In other words, you're no longer considered a church in my book. You may be a meeting house where you're meeting together, but, you know, the Elks Club does that, the Lions Club and all those. And so, but... You know, some of the church is accepting some of these things. It's reprobate. It's reprobate. Amen. We have to, the church, I mean, we have to hold the truth up. Amen. I'm not apologizing for any of this. Sorry. You should be the one apologizing and believe these stupid, dumb things. It's reprobate. You should... Repent right now. Amen. <clears throat> so God's not given us that kind of mind. He's given us a, a, a sound mind. Everybody say sound mind. God's given us a sound mind. Amen. A sound mind. Let, hey, hey, can we do a little bit more here? We're gonna, we'll, we'll have you out here in a little bit. But, you know, we haven't even been here in an hour and a half yet. Well, I guess we have. Um, well, almost. Uh, let, let's go to... Uh, Psalm 42. Go there. Psalm 42. I want to finish this out this morning. I feel like I need to, so I don't have much more to go. Psalm 42. Psalm 42. Did I hear somebody say, take your time? All right. Psalm 42. Go there. It's just really important that we know how to deal with these harassing thoughts, that we don't just accept them as, you know, reality. They're not reality. They're the devil. And he's trying to Really ruin your life with them. Amen? Look at Psalm 42, verse 11. The Bible says, uh, why, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Look at Psalm 43, verse 5. Same thing, basically. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him who is the health of my countenance. What is David saying? He's saying, talk to your soul and tell it what it's supposed to think. 
In other words, especially as a New Testament believer, you have a born-again spirit man on the inside of you that's made in the image and likeness of God the Father. Amen. The Bible says that our new man is according to God. He's made according to God. God he's, he's, he, he, you're not God. You understand that, right? But He made you in His image on the inside. And He said, He said, speak to your soul. Remember David said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. All that is within me. Bless His holy name. You have to talk to yourself. You have to tell yourself what to do, what you're going to think, what you're going to accept based on the Word. Isaiah 55, let's close here. Isaiah 55, it has to be based on the Word. Most of us know that Scripture, you know, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. How many thoughts are we supposed to bring into captivity? How many thoughts? That's a lot of thoughts, isn't it? But they're all supposed to get checked. Amen. You check them, make sure they can enter in. Right? They can be a part of your life. Look at Isaiah 55 as we close out. Verse 7, the Bible says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. So, you know, you got to get rid of your thoughts. See, the unrighteous man, his thoughts come from the devil. Most of them do. The prince of the power of the earth. He has influence over the people, you know, so... All right. He says, let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Look at this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Now think about this. Thoughts become ways. You think something long enough, it becomes a way in your life. For as the heavens, verse 9, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now you know God could stop right there and say, hey, take that. I mean, I'm a lot higher than you. I think a lot higher than you. My ways are a lot higher than yours. Ah, take that. But you know what? When you read on, he didn't stop there. He says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the either, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. My word will be just like the rain that, that you know, causes the earth to bring forth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. It shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. What is God saying? Well, one thing He's saying is my word will cause your life to bear fruit. Good fruit. Hallelujah. So He's not just saying my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and you can't ever think my thoughts. How many know if you think God's word, you're thinking the thought of God? I find that outstanding that I could think a thought that God has already thought. That excites me to think, you know what? I just thought something God thought. That's it. That was in God's mind. Now it's in mine. That right here it is. These are God's thoughts. We could put His thoughts in there. Hallelujah. Is there any place in the New Testament where it says, God always causes us to be defeated in Christ. We're always losers in Jesus. You're more than defeated through Him that loved you. 
then where do those thoughts come from? See, those don't come from God because He said we're more than conquerors. I always cause you to triumph. I always give you the victory. Come on, somebody help me preach this morning. Oh, everybody, you know what always is? Always. 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 Amen. Now, what does always mean? Always means always. Every time. All the time. So, so, so when does God cause us to try it? Well, you know, every now and then he does, right? You know, when God's having a good day, when he's not too miffed at the people of the earth. You know. Every leap year. No, it's always. You have to know that, see. You, if you, you can't just get rid of thoughts. You've got to replace thoughts. You're, you're always thinking something, right? You ever ask somebody, what you thinking? Nothing. Well, I, <laughs> never mind. I'll leave it alone. How many know nobody's just thinking nothing? You're, there are a few people that maybe, maybe they are, but they're the rarity. Amen. So, look at verse 12. I want you to read this with me. Come on, you get something. Don't, don't quit on me yet. He says, for you shall go out. See, when his word is a part of our life, we think his thoughts, which is his word. We walk in his ways, which is his word. He says, here's what will happen. You'll go out with joy. Hallelujah. You'll be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees shall clap their hands. You should walk out your front door and your tree should start going. They came outside. Hallelujah. And the hills around your house should start singing. You know, how great thou art. Amen. You are so beautiful to me. What is he talking about here? Really, I mean, really. he's talking about how life will be a big celebration for you. Amen. It'll be a big celebration. Amen. Listen to verse 13. He said, Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. What is he saying? Well, the thorn and the briar is the curse. So he's saying, Instead of the curse in your life, the blessing will come up. Hallelujah. And it'll be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. Wow, isn't that powerful? Yes. See, what, it, what Isaiah is telling us is God gave us His Word so it would change our lives. We'd think like He thinks. <laughs> Amen. And when we think like He thinks, we will act like He acts. His ways will be our ways. Amen. God's ways are always ways of victory and blessing. Never ways of defeat and agony. His ways are always good ways. Never one time has the devil ever beat God. Not once. I love that in Isaiah where the devil says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this. And God ends it like, you're going to hell. You will go to hell. You're going to be brought down the side. It's over with. I said, it's over with. 
I said, it's over with. We should be able to handle the devil in our own life. Don't take his thoughts. Don't take them. Take God's thoughts. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.